Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now let's get into episode 13 with Glenna Salisbury. Difficulties are part of life. And if you face challenges and tragedy and difficulty without faith, Mm -hmm. there's no place to go. Right. You know, people often say, well, the universe will provide a way. Mm -hmm. The universe is not a person. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you're counting on the universe. That's a dangerous place to be. Right. Today, we're going to talk to Glenna Salisbury about building lasting faith in your children. Glenna is a graduate of Northwestern University and holds a master's degree from UCLA and a master's of theology from Fuller Seminary. Throughout her adult life, Glenna has been actively involved in Christian ministry. She hosted her own national cable television show, Let's Study the Bible, for more than five years. She also hosted a radio talk show, A Visit with Glenna, and wrote a column that targeted the teenage audience for Scripture Press International. Currently, Glenna provides Christian leadership and development programs, Bible study retreats, and Christian conference programming nationally and internationally. Glenna, we have so much to talk about today, and this is such a great subject to talk about building lasting faith in your children. So welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Glenna. Well, it's my pleasure, Sharon. This is a great topic, so I'm excited to be a part of your success. It's so great to have you on the show, and I've been just waiting like a little girl, being so excited and wanting to talk about this topic with you. So building lasting faith in our children, let's expand this a little bit. As we all know, having faith is really great, but when we're talking about building lasting faith, that's kind of like something else. Can you just tell me a little bit more about the topic that we're going to talk about? As a mother, I'm speaking, uh, Sharon, Mm -hmm. it might be helpful for our listening audience to know that I have three daughters, and um, I had three under three at one point. Mm. So (laughs) I had my hands full in the early years, especially. And I think that the role of being a mother is critical in terms of planting the seeds that make a difference for the future not only with regard to the seeds of faith, but the seeds of values, that as mothers, we need to be modeling behavior that our children copy, and hopefully that sets us personally on a proper Mm -hmm. path. So I think we have lots of areas that as mothers, we shape our children. Great. I mean, how can us moms make a difference in our children's faith development? Well, I think it starts from the moment they can have the most simple conversation. Mm. I think by the time my children were two years old, I would start every night. I would pray with them even before they could speak. But when they began to have some understanding of conversation, I made a commitment that every single night, Sharon, until they were 18 years old, I would spend time alone with each one 
before she went to bed. And even when they were basically college age and off on their own, and I was on the road traveling and speaking, I would be in touch with them in what would have been bedtime or some relationship during the day. But I had a series of questions mm-hmm. I asked those girls every single night. And I think the, the questions themselves are important. So anybody who has a pen and paper might want to just write them down. And yeah, see. I have Re- mine ready. Okay, good. <laughs> well, it's amazing what children can come up with if you give them an opportunity. And the first question I would always ask them, and again, I just say this was one-on-one. I would ask them, tell me what's the best thing that happened to you today? Mm. Now, you know, a two-year-old may say, I got to have a sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The purpose behind that question is to build some self-esteem. Good things happen. Look for the good things that happen in life. Because a positive mindset makes a big difference. Right. So to start with that, and then my second question was always, how do you feel about you today? That was a really big question during teenage years. Mm. My middle daughter, and often this is true of middle girls, especially when they're all same sex, the middle one sometimes gets left out or she feels left out. Mm -hmm. And So I would ask, she would be the one that might be melancholy. And she would say, well, I don't feel very good about me because Mary Jane didn't like me today. Or (laughs) there would be a teenage kind of response. And in today's teenagers, I think the response might be dangerously different. Right. But it's a critical question because if they're not feeling good about themselves, there's some reason behind that. Mm. And so to be able to follow that up with, tell me about that. Right. Or why do you feel that way? What happened? And let them just tell you, not to try to fix it, but to listen. So that you became in their minds and you become for a lifetime their place to go when they're concerned about anything. Mm -hmm. I go to my mom. And my girls are in their 50s today. Yeah. And they still come to their mom. (laughs) And and that's the kind of relationship I have with them. Each and every one of them is really solid in her faith. Mm. Our third question, I think, made the difference for that. Because my third question was, what shall we pray about tonight? And they got to choose what we were going to pray about. It might be, for instance, this is a classic one. I remember that my five-year-old in May was heartbroken because her kitten had disappeared that she'd had for a year. And she prayed that the kitten would come back. And the kitten had been gone for at least a year, or for a month after having had it for a year. The kitten Mm -hmm. had been gone for a month. But she prayed for the kitten to come back. (laughs) Well, every once in a while, during the rest of the year, she would pray that the kitty would come back. Right. On Christmas Eve, the kitty came back. Oh. And it was one of those moments in time of which we had several, where they began to realize that 
the miraculous mm-hmm. happen and that you can count on it. And right. that was one of many, but more probably the most dramatic answer to prayer. Yeah. That was visible for a five-year-old. And so those three questions built a relationship in terms of who do you talk to when you're in trouble or who do you rejoice with when things are great and you don't go to bed without praying? You know, you mentioned earlier, you pray, you made sure you prayed with each of them and you had three kids. When you say each of them, did you mean one by one or did you mean a collaborative group? No, one by one specifically. Wow, that's amazing. And it is sometimes... Oh, you know, each one would be a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And the others would would be saying, Mom, can we go to sleep, please? (laughs) But it was that important to them that we have their time, the time together. Right. I love that. It it is. That's beautiful. And I go back to that word modeling, Sharon. We prayed before meals. Yeah. And the big deal, it was just simple. Right. They knew that there was a source for our blessings and that we looked to that source and called on the name of Jesus yeah. together every day. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Now, how about those with younger kids, right? And and let's just say we pose that question, what should we pray about tonight? And they say something that they want to pray about, but yet they want you to pray for it. Right. Exactly. Well, I often I would, they'd say, well, mom, why don't you ask? And I would say, <laughs> you can ask, you can ask. Mm-hmm. And I'm right here. We're asking together, but you ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they learned then that you don't have to be uh, wordy and you don't have to be dramatic and you don't have to be right. There's right. no right. Yeah. Pray. But you know, um, that was a basic that started when they were really little. But the older your kids get, the more critical it is, I think, for them to come to understand what I refer to as values. Mm. And I might just talk a little bit about that unless you want to talk further. No, please, go ahead. Well, this was an amazing thing to me. It happened sort of by accident. And now that I know how it works, I think you can start with much younger children. But when my oldest daughter graduated from UCLA, she really went through what a lot of college students go through. But I think today, um, junior and high school kids are going through this. And that is, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do for a career? And kids talk about that, you know, in junior high. Right. And so one of the things that happened, like I say, Monica was a senior, graduated actually from UCLA when she had been being interviewed by Xerox. She was on her third interview because Xerox had been on the campus as big companies were doing at that time. Mm-hmm. And so she went for a third interview and she came back and I said to her, well, how did it go? And she burst into tears And she said, I think they're going to hire me. (laughs) And I said, well, isn't that what you want? She said, no. (laughs) And I said, well, why not? And she said, 
because I don't care about money and I hate competition. Mm. And of course, she was interviewing for a selling copies. Copies, right. 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 Sales. Right. So sales. And she said, I don't like competition and I don't care about money. So I said, well, that's fabulous that you're clear about that. Let's sit down and figure out what you are excited about. Mm. And here's the key question is what's really important to you? When I say values, I don't mean things like abstract values, Mm -hmm. like integrity or honesty or truthfulness. No, no, no. What do you, what what makes you tick? What do you just love to do? What's really important to you in your life? And Monica came up with faith first. Mm. And so we began to kind of sort out. Family was second for her. Security was critical for her. Mm -hmm. Control and leisure. Now, I never would have thought of leisure. That wouldn't have been on my list. (laughs) I'm a productivity person. (laughs) But as we went through that, Sharon, and you'll imagine this, and I think listeners too, just imagine what career allows you to practice your faith, Mm -hmm. have time for family, have security, not a lot of money, just security, She mentioned control. She related that to structure and then leisure time. She could be a movie critic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she chose teaching. Oh, that's good. Because she had the summers off and she had holidays off and she could be a mother. Right. So she went back to school and got her master's in teaching Mm. and has loved it. She's a perfect teacher. Well, I learned so much from that, that as the girls came along more and more, I learned to ask that question earlier and earlier. And I want to share what the other two came up with for values in order to encourage listeners with children who are trying to figure out what they want to do in life, how, how different kids are. My second one, the middle girl said, faith, family. And then she said, independence, freedom, and animals. Okay. Well, that girl didn't get married until she was 40. (laughs) She loved having an apartment by herself. Right. (laughs) And she had two cats that were her favorites for 13 years. (laughs) And today she's got dogs. But animals were critically important to her. Mm -hmm. And so her outlook on life Family was not important to her, and she's never had children. Mm. And the third one came along, and she said, faith, family, adventure, risk, and challenge. <laughs> they All three are very different. Very different. And that's a big aha for us as mothers. Mm-hmm. It's a big aha. We can't expect them to all fit into our mold. Right. Risk and challenge would not be on my list. <laughs> But that girl ended up marrying a fellow who was from South Africa. He had been employed as the CEO of a big company Mm -hmm. in the surfing world here in the United States, which is where she met him. And 
he was moving back to South Africa. Mm-hmm. And so she married him and they lived in South Africa for 14 years. Oh, wow. And so you think it's a adventure to go live in a country, drive on the opposite side of the road from what we're used to. Yeah. And he went there without a job. And she trusted that the Lord was going to work that out. Right. And he had bought the license for Quicksilver Roxy mm-hmm. and ended up designing clothes and opening stores. And Quicksilver Roxy in the surfing world was a big thing in Durban, South Africa. Oh, wow. So the end of the story was a happy story, but I would not have ever guessed risk, challenge, and adventure. And right. the he did between the time she met him and married him were just a combination of the wildest moves from uh, being an art critic <laughs> at one <Yeah>. point, <laughs> restaurant business at another point, but she wasn't afraid of challenge, so she would take on that which was unique. But the point of this is for us as adults, if you are not living congruently with your values, you will experience extreme stress. Mm. For instance, if adventure is important to you and your life is really boring, which for many of us, life can be pretty boring these days. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) You have to stay home with your mask on. (laughs) And so to find ways to build adventure into your life if you don't have it, because if you don't have it, you'll experience extreme stress at some point. So whatever your value is, if adventure is not your value, if uh, um, it's important to you to have security, you know, then you have to make some other arrangements. You may have to downgrade the home you're living in. There are a lot of things we have to change if we're going to um, work out our own happiness or peacefulness. And so that was a big step in terms of helping the girls stay aligned because if they said faith was their number one value, Mm -hmm. they knew that if they got out of alignment, they were going to be unhappy about Mm -hmm. their life. Mm -hmm. So often I could help them remember, okay, well, what's missing? Where are you not participating in your own value system? Mm. Now, why, why do you think it's important for us mom to build lasting faith in our children? Well, I think the primary reason is something we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. Life changes dramatically and in unforeseen circumstances. It doesn't have to be the world change. It can be um, a tragedy in your family. It can be a challenge you didn't see coming. um, That difficulties are part of life. And if you face challenges and tragedy and difficulty without faith, Mm -hmm. there's no place to go. Right. There's no place to go because, you know, people often say, well, the universe will provide a way. Mm -hmm. The universe is not a person. Mm -hmm. And... You're counting on the universe. That's a dangerous place to be. Right. And so I would try to make it clear to my children, and I mentioned the word modeling, by 
modeling for them that to me, every day, they saw me, not because I was doing it for them, but because studying the word of God was important to me. I studied every day and they saw me doing that. And when we would have difficulty in our life, I would say, let's pray. At one point, for instance, when they were about five, six, and seven, we were living on a shoestring and we didn't have money for groceries. Mm -hmm. And I said that morning at breakfast time, I said, let's ask the Lord to work out dollars for groceries. Mm -hmm. Well, that afternoon, our apartment got robbed. Oh, wow. And so I came home to find the apartment torn apart. And so I called the Allstate insurance man. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have that much, but the things that were gone were worth $410. And he wrote me a check that day. Oh, wow. So we thanked the Lord together that night yeah. for the fact that we had money. We have a tape player. That's we, I was trying to remember what a video, was a tape video recorder. That, no, it was before a that. VCR. Was, a VCR. Cassette tapes. Cassette tapes. Right. <laughs> like that was a big loss, right? But we didn't have a tape player, but we had food on the table. Uh-huh. And the girls see God in the littlest things. Uh-huh. But... Those things become big things when you're living life day by day. I was going to say, and the fact that they see that you turn to the Lord in difficult circumstances models what to do in a problematic situation. Right. As opposed to whining, complaining, carrying on, which we can talk about that. I have a view about complaining. Um, Well, let's get into this uh Next question first, before then, Um, you know, as Christian parents, we have such huge responsibility because I feel like we have to work even harder in modeling for our children. And times are a little bit crazy right now. So how do you suggest we find Christ in the middle, in the midst of chaos? That's a great question. I think we start with how do I feel about my day by day experience? Mm. In other words, do I have hope? Am I discouraged? Because I think many people are discouraged. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that faith does for us is promise us a life after this life. And if you only set your eyes on the world as it is, you would be hopeless pretty easily. Mm, Right. And as mothers, I think we build into our kids biblical understanding about eternity. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, the scripture says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. And one of the first things that I would say and do say even now to my children is, this is not all there is. God has a plan and God's plan is always perfect. And the fact that we can't see all that he's doing doesn't mean that it isn't working for good because God says his character is love. Mm -hmm. And building into children's lives what the character of God is, that becomes a critical question, Sharon. And I think it's a question for us as mothers to answer. First of all, I encouraged a woman just yesterday who is meeting with her six nieces 
who are ages 14 to 19. Mm -hmm. And they're asking that very question. Where is God in all of this? Mm. Okay. That's a, a really meaningful question. Right. God in all of this. So my first question is, what's your view of God? Mm. What if I asked you to give me five things you like about one of your best friends? Tell me what they are. And you would be able to say, well, she's funny and she's kind. And mm-hmm. Okay, so then give me five truths you know about the character of God. Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee you not very many people can answer that question. Right. But if you don't know him, you don't know his character. Right. And if you don't study the scripture, you don't know his character. And if you don't know his character, then that question has really very little hope for a real answer. Mm. Where is God in all of this? Well, what do you know about God? Well, 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. That's the definition of God. So if God is love, where is he in all this? And our normal answer is, well, if he's God, he ought to step in and fix it. Yeah. So are you going to decide how God should be? Right. Because that's what's behind the question. Whereas God in all of this means that I have an idea of what God ought to do. And what my idea of what God should do is not God's idea necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. But I have to trust the character of God. Right. So my answer is we know some things about God. And if you don't know them, let me share with you with them, share them with you that God is love. Yeah. God is light. He's not darkness. Amen. God is sovereign, which means he's in charge of every footstep you take. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a person decides in his mind what he or she is going to do, but God directs your steps. Mm. So God is sovereign over all. He puts kings in their places, which is why we're to pray for our governmental leaders. Mm-hmm. Because God puts people in places. Nothing happens that is not working together for God's plan. So where is God in this? I don't know where, but I know how. He's in this love. He's in this for a good purpose because that's God's character. Amen. To teach our children and adults that we're interacting with, because most adults don't get it clearly either. Mm -hmm. God is sovereign. Their typical question for an unbeliever is, well, if God is God, he'd stop all this evil. Well, that brings us the question of who decides what's good and what's evil. Right. And so it's our opinion of what God ought to do. And that doesn't count. The scripture says his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his way are better than mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, you know, I mean, we, when we were talking about this, this also helps with in terms of building lasting faith into our children. And I know that, you know, you mentioned a little bit about whining and complaining, you know, even in the midst of chaos, there are people who are, you know, kids that maybe whine or complain that they want to go to the park or the playground and yet they can't because things are closed or very limited opening how would you suggest that we control those whining and complaining well the first thing is i just uh, taught a girl 
this as I used it in corporate America and still do all the time, a formula. I call it the triple A, B, C formula. Okay. <laughs> Again, you need your pen if you want to hear this and get it. In any situation, in any decision, so let's just imagine you're in a job you hate or you're in a marriage that's not going well as a mother or you're really unhappy with your financial circumstance. Whatever the problem is that we whine and complain about, you with me? Yes. Okay, and there are only three things you can do. There are three things you can do, and only three things, only three things. Mm -hmm. And you have to decide what to do. So let's just take the example of a job you hate. You can alter the situation mm. as a possibility. So for instance, if you're in sales and you don't want to be in sales, you'd rather be in accounting, you can perhaps go to the boss and suggest that I like the company, but I don't like sales. I want to be in accounting. And I've done this with my grandchildren mm -hmm. who are now 23 and getting jobs. And one of them is in a job he hates, which happens to be mortgage banking. And we got together to talk through a question, what do you love? What are your values? And you know mm -hmm. what he loves? Animals. <laughs> he started a business of his own taking care of people's pets mm. and loving it. And he's doing it enough to begin to get income that he can eventually start his entire entrepreneurial business with animal care. Oh, okay, wow. But it's altered his situation. Mm. But sometimes you say, I can't. I'm stuck here. I don't like the company. I don't like the boss. I don't like the people. Okay. Well, then apparently you don't feel you can alter your situation and you only have two other options. You can avoid the situation mm. as in quit. <laughs> don't stand at the cooler and whine. I just can't believe they're only paying me this much. <laughs> if you don't like that, quit. Well, when you say that, people go, I can't quit. <laughs> I, I have a car payment to make. Oh, well, then you're glad you've got this job. Then you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because if you can't alter it or you can't find a way to alter it and you're unwilling to avoid it, you only have one other option. You have to accept your situation. Uh. And sometimes we have to accept a situation for the time being. Right. So if you are in the third bailiwick, I have to accept this, then you have to be and see it. Remember I said it's AAA, BC. If you have to go to accept, then you have to build your strength spiritually, emotionally, and physically. That's B. And C, you have to change your perspective. Uh. Not always going to be this way. So whether I'm the mother, if I'm one of the kids, or if I'm a grandchild, it doesn't matter who we are. If we're in a marriage, you can say, well, this isn't working. Can I alter it? That would yeah. be good. Yeah, I love that. Triple ABC. We could definitely also implement it for our children, which is awesome. It's a way for them to have a route to take, to think through. Because if you don't have that in front of you, Sharon, mm -hmm. you will chase your tail. You'll say, I'm so unhappy. I don't, I don't understand. And we whine and complain. And then we go right back to whining and complaining about <laughs> over and over. It goes round and round. And right. if you get clear with yourself, I only have three options, which is mine, because it's my decision. And people say, well, no, it's not, because I have to do blah, blah, blah. No, you don't have to. Right. 
Nobody's forcing you to. That's right. You're choosing to do that. Yeah. So my 23-year-old grandson is choosing to do mortgage banking because he wants his car. Mm -hmm. So he has to make his car payment or not have a car. So what's your choice? Right. I love that. Now, we're, we're almost at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other Gems of Mothers out there? Yes. I have one really big thing. Yes, please. Get your pen again. Every child needs dreams. Mm. And every adult needs dreams. So here's the formula to teach your children at the youngest age for a three-year-old or a 30-year-old. I times V as in victory equals R. I is imagination Mm -hmm. mixed with vividness equals reality, which Mm. means you move toward that which you think. And that's a psychological truth called cognitive truth. Mm. So if I would love to have a home at the beach when I grow up as a five-year-old. Yeah. Start cutting out pictures of homes on a beach. Mm. I'm imagining how I'd like to live on a beach. Okay, vividness means make it real. Cut out pictures. Look at movies about beaches. Look at travel logs about beaches. Fill your mind with homes on beaches. Mm -hmm. And it will become a reality. Mm. Because you will move toward that which you think about. And this is one of the greatest ways to get out of a muddle. If you're depressed, if you're fussing about, I don't know what to do in the midst of this chaos that we're in right now. Yeah. Then you need to I times V equals R it. How would you like your world to look? I love yep. it. I feel like I'm having a math study with you. Triple A, B, C, and I times V equals to reality. <laughs> so that's how we live by dreams. And we teach our children to live by dreams and out of that comes our faith. And the Psalm 37.4 is the basis for this. It says, God gives us the desires of our heart. Amen. That doesn't mean he gives us everything we want. Mm-hmm. It means that which we desire is something he's planted in us. So we can begin to look at what our dreams are and say, oh, the Lord must have something in mind for me about this. Mm. One of my dreams was to be able to communicate to others the importance of faith. And at 21 years old, that's what I started doing was teaching the Bible. Wow. Small groups and it became hundreds and then it became thousands. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, Glenna, I'm so blessed by our podcast episode today. I just want to thank you and I appreciate you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on to the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Well, it's my joy. And Sharon, I would just mention, I have a book that's been out for so long. I think you can get it for 99 cents on Amazon. Okay. All these truths in it. And the name of it is The Art of the Fresh Start. The Art of the Fresh Start. That's awesome. It has all the things I shared today in the book. Great. I'll definitely list it in our show notes as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Glenna. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. 
You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week to our next episode.